All right, guys, it's about that time. Chris Brooks here with you on the Rebels 247 podcast, part of Inside the Rebels and 247 Sports. Hope you guys are having a good morning wherever you are. Let's get right to it here on a Tuesday edition of the show. Like I mentioned yesterday, this is something I'm going to try and bring to you guys uh, on the daily if I can. Get up early, you know, knock something out, put it out there for you, and just kind of a recap of whatever's going on uh, in Ole Miss sports. And uh, there's there's several things I want to get to today real quick. And we're going to try and keep this, I want to say, closer to 10 minutes, but 10 to 20. Like yesterday ended up about 20 minutes, but somewhere in there, something quick you can listen to in the morning that doesn't take up a ton of your time and maybe give you some information on what's going on as quickly as possible. But here on April 26th, a couple things going on. You have softball that's at Memphis. You can watch that if you go to OleMissSports.com, live stats and all that. Uh, but the big one tonight is the baseball game in Pearl, where I will be, along with Jared Redding at 6 o'clock tonight. Let me hold that first, okay? Plenty to get to there with, with Mike Bianco, the head coach situation, the season, you know, as it's gone so far. I mean, that's obviously it's all over the board what's going on with the baseball program right now. But let me hold that for a sec. I want to I talk some recruiting just for a minute. I had a chance to talk to a few guys yesterday and some NIL stuff here and also some Mississippi recruiting. Look, I'm just going to be honest with you guys. Recruiting and not just recruiting, recruiting coverage is so different than than it used to be. And honestly, it's 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 very different than I expected it to be. Now, I'm now approaching right at six months here being with David and appreciate him bringing me on board uh, with the Ole Miss 247 site. But those of you that have followed this a long time, it's very different right now. And for, for people that cover it, for the coaches that are recruiting, a lot of this is different with NIL. And look, the transfer rule changes are arguably – that is a – I don't know if it's a bigger impact or not. I think it's a bigger impact on coaches because the only thing that really changed with NIL, two things happened there. The money did ramp up. Um, but look, that, that's always happened. I mean, all, that has always happened for your cream-of-the-crop players, and that's it's been going on a while. Like I would – I've told you this before – on other podcasts, you know, I would guess at the very top end of the recruiting rankings, you know, those schools were doling out at least a few million a year on, you know, on a roster. And, you know, that's stretched out into years. Hey, you'll get this over a certain number of years per year and that sort of thing. What happened with this is that the numbers went up because a lot of people aren't comfortable, you know, giving money to the way it used to be done. And that's still being done a little bit, but it's, I think that stuff's being phased out slowly here. Uh, but more people now are involved. And it's above board. It's, 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 I guess, quote, unquote, it's ethical or unethical. If you, want, whatever, if, if you want to go down that road, I've never had a problem with these players getting some money, considering that the coaches are just getting astronomical amounts of money. But that's a, that's a podcast for a different day. So that's, the, that's always been there. Now it's just more in your face. And so that's not, it's a change, but it's not just an enormous change. The money's always been there. It's bigger now. 
And now it's, it's like I said, it's in your face. The transfer thing, it has really changed how, how all this works. So that, that's a huge deal. A couple things here. If you notice, uh, Mississippi made some changes in their NIL um, legislation, I guess, in uh, the last week. I guess it was in the last week. It's been it's been a little bit now. Basically, two things happen. Schools can now be a little more involved, is the way I'm reading this, that they can be in contact with these third parties that are interested in entering NILs with players. That was a no-brainer. Had to be done. And the reason it was done here was to keep up with you know other states. I mean, to remain competitive. That's a good thing. Uh, the schools should be involved in this and who knows where that goes down the road whether they're able to participate with money you know all this sec money flowing in we're, we're nowhere near that yet but who knows where it goes but at the very least now they can communicate with those people the second part of this is now players can enter an nil contract after they have verbally committed again that's the way i'm reading it but if i'm wrong on this i know you guys will you'll let me know here in the thread when i put this on the board also a big deal. I mean, now you're talking about a kid that's in high school, a younger guy. Once they have entered a, a verbal commitment to a school, they can enter into an NIL contract. Look, I just want to make this mention of it. You have all of these rules, and I've seen a lot of media people explaining the rules of it and the legislation part of it, and all that's fine, and that is true. And the people that are doing this NIL stuff, it's important that they know that, and then they set these these nil funds up to make sure that they are within the rules of it okay if somebody ever comes in and asks you how it's going investigates for lack of a better word saying that you have to be able to show hey we're doing things exactly the way by letter of the law by the rule book that's important but the other part of this is the common sense part coaches have mentioned and this is easy for me because lane kiffin more than anybody talks about this Obviously, it's basically going out and players are looking for the best NIL, not just the best NIL deals. They're looking for a whole package, but the NIL deal is obviously a huge part of this. Whether or not all of that is within the rules or it's been, maybe it's breaking this rule, that rule. Look, that's, I'm just not going to insult your intelligence. They may be doing it by the book, but that stuff is what it is. And I think the more we get into this, It'll it'll be easier to talk about it to where it becomes more like the NFL. Just my coverage would be more like this. Hey, do I have a shot at player A over here? Well, I don't know. You know, he's being offered this at Alabama. The the NIL possibilities over at AM are this. The possibilities here in Oxford is this. And it'll be more like a free agent NFL player deciding which contract he's going to sign. It, it does much less insulting of intelligence. And I, honestly, I hope we get to that place quickly because it's it's much easier to cover in, in order to just be honest about it. So that's all going on with the NIL. I was told yesterday, um, you know, I cover high school football here in Mississippi. I think I think you're looking at maybe about a half dozen guys in state that they will really target. Sunterine Perkins is already committed. That that's a big one. Uh, had a chance to see the kid plays. He's terrific. Isaac Smith is in this group, and I'm talking about guys right now. There's there are no doubters. We would love to have if you're talking to coaches. Isaac, excuse me. Isaac Smith's in this group. 
the safety athlete from up at Itawamba, have not had a chance to see him play. Which I, I hate that. I just didn't get a chance to get up there and see him. But I've heard that kid's fantastic. Aiden Williams is in this group. Aiden's more in my backyard here at Ridgeland High School. And he's he's kind of blowing up in his recruiting right now, but he is part of that. Uh, Dante Dowdell, same thing, which you guys remember. Uh, you know, I talked about him way back in January, wrote the first story on him in February. And I uh, got to see him last year actually play in person. When you meet him, the the kids, he, he exudes character, has a lot of personality, but everybody I talk to just gushes about that kid. And uh, I remember being asked about him back in January, February, when he wasn't just a solid take, which, you know, it seems like a long time now. And then you see everything happening now. I was told yesterday that uh, over the weekend or whatever days that he came up and did his visit, you know, coach is just blown away by his personality, the kind of person he is, all those things. He's a big deal. Um, that's four. Then you're looking also at um, John Slaughter's on here, uh, the kid out of South Haven. I'm not sure if, if John was in Oxford over the weekend or not. I just haven't been able to verify that with anybody. But I know he's somebody they'd love to have. Jamarius Brown would be the other one. Big defensive end out of Moss Point. Did not get a chance to see him. He's the other one on this list I didn't get a chance to see. I've heard nothing but great things about that dude in terms of play on the field. I don't know as much about him off the field. But 6'3", 250, 260, uh, terrific football player. All right, so that, that's your half dozen in-state Mississippi guys that I, I believe that they target. You're going to have more added to this because no matter how good evaluations are, there's always kids that slip through, and, and then they'll become bigger deals as you get close to signing day. You see it happen every year. In terms of where they are with them, Suntarine's obviously already committed. I think they're in good places. This is what I was told. I hate to say that I believe because um, this is just these are things I'm told, and these kids play things really close to the vest. And let's be honest about this too. If I had a kid, which I do right now as a baseball player, and Connor pitches at Northwest Rankin, he's not like these guys though. That is just getting his door beaten down. He's getting calls from everybody, but not a ton of offers right now. But even at that level, I have a glimpse of what it's like. My advice to, to him or any of these guys will be to say very little about what you think because there's no, there's no need. There's no benefit on the part of these kids. Why would they do that? Because all it does then is just it goes all over social media, becomes a big deal. They shouldn't. Sunterine's committed. I hear that they are in good shape with Isaac Smith, Aiden Williams, and Dante Dowdell. And with Aiden, I mean, I'm, I'm just told that whenever they are, Aiden's going out to these other schools, he's, whether he's visiting Georgia or LSU or wherever, um, with all of these guys, not just him, it's going to come down to which situation is better. It's going to come down to NIL dollars. It's going to come down to fit coaches. It's going to come down to a lot of things. I think they believe they're in a good place to land three out of those four. Now, maybe they do, maybe they don't. But that's just kind of latest what I hear yesterday about recruiting in Mississippi. And then we'll see what happens with Jamarius Brown, what happens with uh, with John Slaughter. I also think those are cream of the crop guys. There's a couple others that I think will move up, but we'll do that later because I'm already running on 10 minutes here. Now about the baseball game tonight. I hate to answer the question about uh, Mike Bianco and his future 
Look, this is all I'll say about that. I always approach this, and not just because I have a kid that plays high school ball. In, in my career, the last 12 years doing media, I don't like torching people. I, I don't, that doesn't do anything for me. I try to be honest, but I don't do hot takes. That's not me. It's not my personality. I don't like them, to be honest. I don't like doing that. Sometimes a coach can just be somewhere so long that it's just, it's time, not just on the school's end, but also his end. You know, we're 20 plus years here. Um, it just, that, that's unbelievable that he's had that kind of run the day and age we're in. You know, this used to happen, but now 10 years feels like an eternity. But what's going to happen there? If you ask me today, yeah, I, I certainly could see something changing in the offseason. Um, they still have season left to play. I don't know anything definitively there. I don't think anybody could tell you that. They could tell you maybe plans there. So I, I hate to even go down the road of, oh, well, who would take that job? It, you're in the middle of the season still, so things happen. No matter what they did the rest of the season, there's part of me that has to wonder if you're if you're Mike, if you're Mike Bianco, just wearing him out. You know, there's there's two ends of this, and I get it, and I see all the the board talking, and, and I get it for my friends too. I understand. It's been a long time. He's done a terrific job in that job. Uh, that's not debatable. You can argue if it should have been more or not, but he and Dan McDonald built that thing to where it is now the facilities. Sometimes coaches can have personalities. That's great to start these programs. It can hurt them at the end, you know, being stubborn. I'm not just talking about him here or strong wheeled and all those things. When you're starting a program and trying to build it, those things are great. Sometimes at the end, you see all these great coaches and they're, when you're competing, these are great character traits but sometimes if it's not working out, it, it, it can become bad. Uh, but they're struggling right now, and I hate that. I don't want to just sit here and kick dirt on them. I hope they win the night. Big game with State, you have – who's pitching? Last time I checked, uh, Drew McDaniel's going to start for Ole Miss. State's starting Mikey Tepper. He's 1-1, one 8.74 one, ERA. I'm looking at it now, 14 strikeouts, 11 walks. McDaniel uh, has a 6.04 ERA, 3-2, 32 strikeouts, 14 walks. We'll see what happens. It would be a shot in the arm for them to have a good week or have a good night after the the weekend, losing two or three with with Mississippi State, and at least to split this thing so that it's two and two between the two schools because you know tonight's game is also considered, you know, when you get to the end of the season for seeding in the playoffs, which that feels like a long way away, but still it's important to bring it up. You never know what's going to happen. But hopefully they'll play well. I'll have two kids out there tonight. Connor wants to get out there and watch it. My middle kid, Caleb, is, is going to be out there, wants to see it. And uh, hopefully they'll get a good game. But anyway, just want to knock out a little bit of recruiting, just a little on the baseball. We'll see what happens tonight with that, but hopefully they come out with a win. Hope you guys have a great day. Um, like I mentioned before, we'll try and knock this thing out a little bit every day. Give you, you know, something that that you can kind of, you know, listen to to get your day started. and. Um, and appreciate having, but, uh, but appreciate you guys listening. You've been checking out the rebels two, four, seven podcast on inside the rebels and part of two, four, seven sports. You guys have a great day.